I said lightly. As you're not here, I was thinking of going. Cedric laughed heartily and disbelievingly. I thought you'd grown out of that sort of party, he said. I must go, darling. I'll ring you on Monday and we'll have dinner. Take care of yourself and remember, no orgies. They're bad for my reputation. I put the phone down, feeling extremely irritated. What was the point of spending ten days alone in the south of France? Cedric naturally couldn't get away, boring myself silly getting a suntan for his sake when he wasn't around to appreciate it. I looked out at the September evening, the dusk with its suggestion of autumn and night drawing in and another year passing shot waves of repressed lust through me. I thought of sex and sin and all the men in the world I'd never have the chance to get my hands on now. It was such a long, long time since I'd been to a good party. Cedric thought all my friends so frivolous and idiotic he'd scared them away. I looked at his photograph again. Short, fair hair, clear, blue eyes, a determined chin. Life is earnest. Life is real, I said to myself firmly. Cedric would hate me to go to Annie Richmond's orgy, so I won't go. An hour later, feeling horribly guilty, I crept up the stairs to Annie Richmond's flat, having heard the roar of the party all the way down the street. Annie opened the door. Emily! she cried joyfully, giving me a huge hug. I never dreamed you'd come! She was wearing a dress so cut out, there was hardly any of it left. I was wearing a backless black dress, pretty low at the front and welded together with safety pins, as usual, which I never dared show Cedric. I'd put on weight since I last wore it and was falling out all over the place. I just hoped I looked a bit like Sophia Loren. Annie looked at me with approval. Stripped for action, that's more like the old Emily she said, handing me a glass. I've only just popped in for a quick drink, I said. Cedric's away. I know, she smiled knowingly. There's lots of talent in there, so go in and forage for yourself. The next room was impossibly, clamorously full of good-looking people trying to shout each other down. I felt very nervous, so I drank my disgusting drink straight down and quickly had another. I didn't know a soul, but then Annie turned over her friends so fast. A handsome Australian, in a red shirt, came over and started to chat me up. His eyes smouldered under bushy black eyebrows. I knew that look of old. I feel I know every inch of you already, so let's get on with it, it stated unequivocally. Bloody awful row, he said. Pity I can't lip read. He gazed at my mouth and then at my black dress, which was descending fast. Any minute I'd be topless. I heaved it up. Leave it, he said. I'm enjoying the view. He was clearly a super stud and would have whipped me down the passage and under Annie's duvet in two seconds flat. But I wanted to stay upright, not flat. Suppressing the waves of lust that were sweeping over me, I started to shout at him about Cedric and his political career. He can't have heard much of what I was saying, but seemed to get the message and drifted off.
I was then collared by an ancient, or more an elderly wren, a model with long red hair and skinny white hands, who went on and on about her split ends. Suddenly, there was a commotion by the door. But Annie, said a man's voice, I thought I was coming to an orgy. Where are the wall-to-wall -wall couples, the lovely girls in tiger skins? Split ends caught her breath. I, like everyone else, turned around. My jaw clanged, for standing in the doorway was one of the most sensationally attractive men I had ever seen. He was tall, with broadish shoulders, long black hair, restless dark eyes with a wicked gleam in them, and an arrogant, sulky mouth. He oozed sexuality. He looked round the room, as cool and haughty as a prince, yet he had an explosive quality.